0: The Sluts and Scholars. This episode of Sluts and Scholars is brought to you by Balesa.co. Balesa is an empowering adult entertainment website for women. Launched just a year ago, Balesa has quickly grown to become a premier destination in porn with millions of women around the world joining the community. So go to Balesa.co to see some steamy videos that prioritize female pleasure. Read some of the best erotic fiction on the web and read some articles that talk about sex, relationships, and female health. Thanks to balessa.co. Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at slutsandscholars, on Twitter at slutsscholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of
1: Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week, we are joined by Sid and Levi, who are a fabulous couple pair that we first saw performing at this kinky sex party that we were at in Vegas at the AVN Awards. And uh, we'll get into a little more detail about that later, but just so you understand who you're talking with, Sid's Twitter bio says she's a professional housewife and Pain slut and Levi's inter and Instagram is hooligan kinky daddy sagist pugilist.
0: <laughs> I love that as the bio. That should be more like the rest of our bios. Usually we have this like long annoying paragraph, but I think it should just be like the top three words. So welcome. My-
2: <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah, I try and keep my bio like a resume. It's just like the keynotes that are that are about me.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good. So yeah, full, I mean, full
0: disclosure, we saw you guys performing at this one party and we were like, they are so fucking hot. We need to get them for the podcast. And that was how we found you.
1: Yeah. Uh, We found you tagged in some photo and then we didn't know your name was Levi. So we just uh, referred to you as the butcher.
2: (laughs) Because you had an
1: print on. (laughs) So when you sent your email over, I was like, your name's Levi? I thought it was just the butcher. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah i think I, you were wearing a like a leather that.
1: thing a leather
0: butcher thing. an apron yeah
2: well so, so, so apron. yeah it's actually a jean canvas that's coated in wax because sydney's vegan oh. and so i i don't um aside from my doc martens because i've just had them for so long i don't i don't play with anything that's vegan or that isn't vegan, vegan.
1: wow so no animals are yeah, ever harmed it, in the harming of
2: Sip. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Um, even even in like the lubricants and stuff we use, we make sure that they you know weren't they're all vegan friendly.
0: That's incredible. And do you have specific yeah. companies that you like that you would recommend for our vegan listeners out there?
2: Um, I I have become pretty uh hooked on Slickwib as far as lube goes nice I think that it's it's uh probably the best lubricant on the market right now from you know a standpoint of a couple that does anal probably every single day so (laughs) you
1: do anal every day that's a commitment
3: yeah pretty much every day
1: pretty much every day yeah at what point do you eat times during a day, the day? A couple <laughs> times a day. Wow. Okay, we have so much to get to. I first want <laughs> to. I have so many questions. It's so interesting. It's like meeting celebrities because like we've been following you since January at this point. And like I feel like I know a lot about you too. but our listeners don't know <laughs> <who> You're <laughs> Such a fucking creep. I'm such a fucking creep. That's so
2: surreal. <laughs> That's so surreal to us because we're like such um, These
1: regular old guys.
2: Yeah, we're like pretty square bear and I mean, we have a twenty four seven dynamic, but like we both work full time jobs and own a house and have dogs and cats and um, <laughs> Regular people. it's it's so weird to us. Like when we we went to the movies the other night, or was it the grocery store, and some girl like oh, recogni- yeah recognized us from the internet. Well That always gets weird
1: because they're like,
0: "Can yeah, you fuck re- now, please?" Really is- <laughs> Well, that's a dynamic that we want to hear about because obviously you can't be the quote-unquote butcher, potentially 24-7. But what is um, a 24-7 dynamic? Yeah, and so for, we, we kind of are familiar with that, but for our listeners that don't know, can you explain what a 24-7 dynamic looks like for you two?
2: So, Sydney, well, lately it's been rather vanilla, to be quite honest. Like I had said before we started the podcast when we did the pre-interview, um, we both started new, new jobs, actually completely new professions to both of us. And um, we've really excelled in those roles. But with that has come some downtime away from sex work. So we're just now like really in the last couple of weeks have been getting back into it from probably like a month hiatus of just where it was like, come home from work and we fuck each other and fall asleep immediately. And now it's like, we're, we're back at it. Um, I just had some new restraints made by a friend of mine, and, and I've got plans. I've got evil little plans. So,
1: <laughs> and just for our listeners who's wondering, Sid's voice is like that because she lost it this weekend. She's
0: been working hard, yeah.
1: so just so you know, that's why you hear <laughs> Levi a lot. Um, so, but yeah. so what? What are the parameters of your dynamic? How would you, what would you call it? And how did you get there?
2: Um, you know, Sid and I had. We actually met, I I love this story, and I feel like it is a necessity to tell how we got to where we are. So I had hit on Sydney a couple years ago. She had a boyfriend at the time and totally curved me like a good partner should. Um, And kind of came back around full circle. I was working at a bar last year and she was with a friend of mine at that bar and I
3: had broken up with my
2: ex. Yeah. She had just broken up with her ex at this point (laughs) was actually meeting a friend of mine at this bar. And, um, Sydney and I saw each other and um, immediately there was a, a massive connection. And, um, she was talking to a friend of mine who was really good. Uh, he was really awesome. He was in a polyamorous relationship. So, Um, I knew I wasn't stepping on any toes to, to interject. And I kind of came over and was just like, so are we all going to fuck or what? (laughs) You said that? um, Yeah. It was really kind of a shot in the dark. It was really kind of a shot in the dark. And Sydney just like looked at me and was like, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and then, so I, I got off work and showed up at my friend's apartment and they were already naked and had already been, you know, they had already had sex and, um, we proceeded to have a threesome and then the next day my friend um you know it was it, it was cool for me because it was the first time i had really been interactive with the male during a threesome as well and um best ones it was my
3: first threesome
2: it was sydney's first threesome ever
3: Whoa, which nice. was unbeknownst
2: to me at the time
3: yeah how, how did you <laughs> and, like uh, it Sid? i did um i liked it a lot it was cool to watch like because I've never been in a threesome in any way, and it was two men and a and just one girl, me, and it was cool to like watch it make out and stuff.
1: Yeah, that was like
3: pretty, That's awesome. pretty awesome. Sometimes
1: in threesomes with two men, the men won't really interact. Yeah, it'll just be I, like, I like more about the woman. But I love that y'all did.
2: Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It, so and then he um he actually came out the next day. And since then we have like maintained a really flirty relationship. He's a really good friend of mine. There's actually a video oh, like, of him making as, out on my as, as gay.
0: Got it. Like the day after he hooked um, up with you, he was like, I'm definitely gay. <laughs> <another> <laughs> turned Yeah. And,
2: and I mean, he's, he's bisexual, but I mean, at that point in time for him, that was like, I am definitely into men.
4: Mm. Um,
2: but there's, there's definitely a video for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter or do. Um, there's a video of he and I making out in a hot tub that that has become pretty uh, popular. I I should find it
1: if I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Um, So
0: you two met in this, (laughs) in this three way and it was your first three way Sid and Levi, it was your first three way interacting with a guy. Then what happened?
2: So, well, how, how it came to the dynamic was actually kind of weird. Like Sidney and I had agreed we were only going to, we were going to try and like take it slow and like, see each other, what, once or twice a week at the time. Yeah. And um, Sydney would get really Was the threesome kinky?
1: Sorry. Was the threesome kinky Um, or like regular threesome? No, it was was pretty vanilla sex.
2: Most of our, actually, all yeah, all of our threesomes are mostly vanilla sex because you never, like, a lot of the people that want to be involved in three ways with us that we've had aren't necessarily a part of the lifestyle. And I just have, I have a lot of, Uh, protective orders around how I feel about consent and the way that I play and not everybody is as tough as Sydney and um, I really just think for like first time interactions or a lot of the the people that do message us and say hey I really want to you know interact with the two of you it's just a better policy for us to have those more vanilla interactions for the first time to see how that dynamic develops yeah it
0: sounds like a a safe way to ease into it
2: yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: well, I have a question. That, I feel how, like because there's yeah. a lot of people out there that I know that end up dating someone and then like hoping that they will have the, some of the same kinks. Was this a conversation about some of the lifestyle stuff that you two had before? Or did you kind of get into the relationship and then explore more of it together?
2: So this actually plays directly into the the first question you asked about what our dynamic looks like. Um, okay, cool. Sydney started to get... Cindy started to get really bad separation anxiety when I wasn't around her. Like, we had agreed we were going to do this once or twice a week, hang out. And,
3: wound up being every day.
2: Yeah, it really ended up started being every day. So when I would go home, um, she would get really bad separation anxiety. And I started noticing things like I would come over and her Netflix would be on all Disney movies. Or there was coloring utensils around the house. Or she still slept with her baby blanket. And so one of the times that I came back, I brought pacifiers and I just said, have you ever tried to sleep with one of these? You know, when I'm not around, maybe, you know, here, try this. And uh, she texted me the next morning and was like, I I slept the whole night. And so Sydney, who had had very limited interaction inside of like the kink community,
3: kink or BDSM really before Levi at all. And Uh, how long ago was this? This was nine months ago. Okay. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: Nine months ago. Okay.
2: Uh, um, so we sat down and talked and I said, you know, have, have you ever thought that maybe you fit into this category of what, you know, would be like a little or a middle? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the more we talked about it, the more Sydney was like, wow, you really know more about me than I know about me right now. Yeah.
1: Can
2: you explain um, what a little or a middle is? So, um, I've experienced it on a lot of different, like I've had a couple of dynamics where with littles where um, some of them are non-sexual and only go into little space at certain times, which is, you know, the regressed state of childlike that childlike mentality their little space, they want to cuddle, you know, everything. Yeah, like
3: little space is called regression. Usually. Yeah. Usually there's like a space that people go into. Mm-hmm. Their, which is like their little space.
2: Right. I I the in the most unique thing that I've ever really encountered came with Sydney in that there she doesn't go into little space. She just lives in it. Mm-hmm. So She basically is little. She's a little adult full time. Like she, everything that she does is is small. Like, but she still manages to function in society, which is absolutely Not, not typical. Yeah, not typical to me at all. I mean, she she really in pretty much everything she does, she operates with the mindset of like everything is new and and awesome and very childlike wonderment and. Um you know, from the way that she, she dresses to the way that she interacts with people and strangers. It's all very little.
0: And, um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Sid, if you don't mind me asking, do you, we've talked a lot to a lot of our past guests and just other friends of ours in the kink space. Um, have you found that to be healing for you once you've figured out that like, this is a space that now exists in your life?
3: Yeah. Like you said, um, I used to not sleep very well at all. Really. Like since I can remember, I, I, i always had a hard time sleeping. Um, and anytime he was around, I could sleep well, but, um, when he wasn't, it was hard. And so he, he got those pacifiers. He bought me like, um, a little octopus like stuffy and, um, all that stuff's really helped me a lot. And it, it, it is pretty healing to, to recognize that you're a little and, and to have somebody who's so nurturing to that, it, it helps a lot. I found out a lot about myself, and it, it feels really good.
0: That's awesome. And I, like you were saying, I think for lots of people, it's important to differentiate that there are some littles or middles that like it to be non-sexual at all. They just like to have it be like the nurturing, kind of inner regressed baby space. And some people do like to make it part of their their sexual life. So it sounds like you, (laughs) if you are a 24 seven little, um, like that is your life, then, then you are including it in sex. Yes,
3: we do.
2: Yes. Which is, you know, still very highly taboo, even in the kink community, there are people that have their own thoughts and, you know, predisposed feelings about that. (laughs) But where do you think that comes from? Just
0: from people being afraid that like, Yeah. Of like minor, minor attraction because you are two consenting adults by age.
2: Absolutely. And I think that that's, what's kind of lost on, on people is, um, the stigma around age play and, Mm. you know, how that reflects on, on, you know, how it comes back on us. But I mean, realistically it's, I'm very much in love with Sydney for who she is, not just as a little and in kink, or you know, in BDSM, but also just who she is as a, a human and a person and a woman. So,
1: so if she's a little, what does that make you?
2: I mean, I, I'm I'm a daddy.
3: He's yeah, he's my daddy. I think Simone just wanted to hear you say daddy. <laughs> we love
0: that.
2: <laughs> I was I was wondering I was wondering what the, the setup for that question. No,
0: it's it's, it's for our listeners <laughs> who aren't no, for familiar. Our listener, a lot of our listeners are at different levels of like learning about sex and kink, and so we're like. We ask, we ask a lot of questions for ourselves, but also, you know, we want our listeners to get educated about this because I think what was exciting for us about the performance that we saw you in is that it incorporated a lot of what many would consider edge play. Um, because of that, there were there was some blood play in there. It was like, honestly, was the one of the most play. intense
1: things I've ever seen in my life. And that's something I, I've been a little <laughs> more exposed to, but I'm for so Simone, she was, was like—
0: what, what is this? No, like, literally,
1: we're talking. <laughs> Nicoletta and I are talking at the party, and we didn't really know what was going on, and then she points, and there's, this This is how we, this is a story that we've told, that we're talking, and Nicoletta points. It goes, Simone, look. And I look, and then there's this girl who's getting her forehead fucked by needles <laughs> by this guy. You know, <laughs> by the butcher. <laughs> by the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so intense, and I was, I, I was enraptured completely. I could not stop watching the entire thing, and but it was like very, very intense. And you were going to ask a question, Nicoletta, and I just got wrapped up in the memory.
0: <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I guess I have questions about the performance, but you know, we've talked about kink and, and BDSM stuff on our podcast quite a bit, um, but we've never really touched on that because for a lot of people, um, blood and needle play are hard limits. And so I'm curious um, for you, Levi. How did you get into that? Like, how did you know that was something that you liked?
2: Oh, Jesus! Um,
0: <laughs> Jesus I've helped you get there.
1: <laughs> Jesus had blood Je- on his hands. Yes,
2: the the blood of Christ. Helped mm-hmm. me um, you know, I was actually like a really mentally kind of disturbed and fucked up teenager, and uh, I had like these this just obsession with vampire lore and and that whole culture. And um, I, as long as I can remember, I always kind of like obsessed with the, the taste of blood. And um, I think I, I, I've told Sid this, my, I scared the shit out of my parents. When I was 17, I was in a car accident and I had lost a lot of blood and I was given a blood bag for a transfusion and I woke up and didn't know where I was at. And I had this needle in my arm. And at this point, I was not really aware of anything. And I ripped the needle out of my arm and snapped it off and sucked like half of a pint of blood out of this blood bag.
0: Whoa. And
2: my mom and a doctor and my stepdad were in the room and they were trying to restrain me and I was covered in blood. And I had a mouthful of blood, and kind of since then, Kinda I've like just that been like sex
1: party that we saw. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's definitely been like I I have like almost overly fetishized it. Like I just am. I it's been an obsession of mine for so long. Is it all? And like when
1: does it just have to be like um like uh, arterial blood, or does menstruation do it for you too?
2: Um, I'm also into menstruation. Yeah.
1: We
0: support that. <coughs> Menstruation is normal.
2: Um it's a, it's a little bit different cuz you know like drinking uh uterine lining is a little bit hard at yeah. times cuz it gets a bit slimy but Chunks. Um I've been known to dab- I've been known to dabble, you know.
1: <laughs> is there can you tell a difference in taste between
2: Oh yeah. For sure. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I want more. to do
1: a taste testing for you—not like of, not like for you, but like I want to see <laughs> you—not right. of mine. <laughs> but like I would love to see how like <laughs> samples, <laughs> whatever. I I can definitely
2: <laughs> tell the difference between like fresh I blood and, and period blood.
1: Wow! And
0: where do you think that interest comes from? Because we we definitely um, we like to destigmatize like kink and BDSM for everyone and. Yeah, there are some people who are attracted to it because they've had struggles in their past and kink helps them heal. There are some people where it comes from nowhere. I'm curious if you like have a, and we support both kinds of folks, but I'm curious if you have like a line of where that interest came from or you think you just were born and had that interest?
2: Um, You know, I, I was, when I was younger, I, I really like, I'm not going to shy away from the question. I was definitely, I use self-harm as a form of like catharsis mm. to, to kind of, you know tell myself I was I was paying penance for being such a fucking crappy kid Mm. but um with that came you know the blood and with the blood came hey I really enjoy this like and uh when I when I met Sydney actually she had a a pretty massive cut on her palm and she kept reopening it and I was like hey I'm not gonna have you self-harming and then we had the conversation that she was like, I'm not self-harming. I just really like the blood. And that was kind of like when I knew I was like, oh shit.
0: Like you're like we're I together.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is this is my this is this is mine now.
1: Oh my God. So so Sydney, you so you didn't really you weren't very much in like BDSM and kink prior to meeting Levi, is that correct?
3: Yeah, I had no experience in it really. And now I, I, I like knew about it. Uh huh. <clears throat> I knew about it, but I've never like tried to impact or anything. Wow. Like, I've never experienced pain, actual pain. So, um, but I've always been interested in it. I would like, I've always been into like anal and did like anal masturbation, but I would never do, I never did any, like experience any pain stuff until Levi, and but that- it just, when we, when we started with the pain stuff, it just was pretty natural. Because now and, you um, identify as a masochist. Yeah. So I really, really, really love painting.
2: <laughs> I, I like, I, and I, I know you guys saw. Heaven. I, I know you guys saw the scene in Vegas. So, um,
3: I think y- I just, you did know, it. there's,
2: there's pictures of Sydney going through that, smiling the whole time and enjoying it, and. Um, the the other interesting part of that is you know with Sydney being a little one of the rules as a daddy normally is you don't play. With with littles in little space, you know, it, you don't want to play on the masochistic side if they're in little space. Well, Sydney's always in little
4: space. Mm-hmm. So
2: the first time that we the first time that we had a, we shared a scene together, I was really pensive about how it was going to go. I thought that you know it was going to be almost immediate stop and aftercare,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: um, that first scene what that was.
3: Tell us. It lasted like forty minutes,
2: probably. Yeah, it lasted like 40, 45 minutes of heavy, heavy impact.
3: My butt was probably doubled.
2: <laughs> yeah, her her butt it's swelled so like double the size. It was black and blue, and um, she was just so into it that you know, as as a dominant and and a sadist, like you really have to be responsible for for your bottoms or your submissives. And, um, her body gave me all of the signs that it was. Still enjoyable for her. I mean, almost an hour in, and the damage was just so profuse that I was like, "Hey, we're gonna stop because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to leave you with permanent damage."
1: That sounds very thoughtful, and like you're a very good, nice little sadist, <laughs> or a big, sadist. Um, big sadist. Um, big sadist. so how did, how did this come up? That you were so so if so, Sydney, you didn't know you were a masochist or into pain.
3: And Levi, you... No, but... T- sorry, go ahead. He, so Levi's kind of been known. He's, he's, like, known in this town, kind of, in our group of friends, as being a sadist and, like, being kinky and stuff like that. So I I knew what he was interested in before I met him.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I just, I never had any opportunity to experience it. I've had, with my exes, like, of course, they've tried to, like, spank my butt or, like, maybe hit me with a hairbrush, but it actually never... Felt good until Levi was able to, like, until we were able to do Impact together. And Impact's probably my favorite way to play.
1: How do you define Impact?
3: Hitting. With all sorts of different
1: things.
0: (laughs) Hitting. So, yeah, well, I mean, curious about, it sounds like you kind of knew, um, but I wonder, like, was it easy to just have those conversations with each other of, like, I like this, are you down to try it? Um, Did it seem to flow pretty naturally? Or, Or do you have any advice for people about how to tell each other, like when you want them to do stuff to you, especially if it involves kinky things.
2: Our line of communication actually came so naturally. Like Sydney, like Sydney had said earlier, she always anally masturbated, but had only ever done anal twice with previous partners and hated it. And, we, the first time that we ever did it, we literally were just like, I was like...
3: Really, everything is natural. Produced. Yeah, I was like, everything. I'm
2: going to put this here now. And she was just like, okay. And then, had like, what, three minutes in had, like, a crazy orgasm. I wound up having, like, six
1: orgasms. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. The first time that we did anal sit had, like, six or seven orgasms, like, within a 10-minute span.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Sounds so, fun. Sounds just, real nice. Yeah.
3: It's pretty unexplainable, like, the way that we... Um, like feel with each other it's, everything is supernatural in all aspects
1: and so at what point from your meeting to the this first scene that was so amazing um like how what was the time elapsed for that and how did you prepare for that did, like Levi were you planning on were you yeah like how do you it was approach actually someone doing some, a scene like that for the first time with somebody
2: we had Sydney had it yeah it was like a month into us knowing one another and um Sydney had talked about, I I mean, I had noticed cause like I said, the, the cut on her hand, she was just always reopening it. And like, it was not small. It was one of those things that like, if it was on my hand, I would be like, this is fucking painful and irritating. Why would you want to keep opening this? Um, and Sydney was like, no, it feels good. I like it. And so we started talking more about, you know, sadomasochism and, um, how she did like certain types of pain. And, um, she asked me like, Hey, do you want to like, would you want to do some of these things with me? Because I, I mean, I, like she said, it's my kinks were kind of out there. So for her to approach me, she already knew what I, you know, what I was into. So she was just like, do you Let's want to, yeah, do you want to try this with me? And, um, you know, we prepared kind of the whole day. I was, I, Text her and was like, hey, I want you to relax today. Just, you know, be lazy around the house. Watch a movie you like. Make sure you eat.
3: And that's all of that is really important
2: because um, getting into subspace
3: is really hard if you're not in the right mindset beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, like, we've, we've tried Impact for punishment or we've tried Impact for punishment and it was really bad. And it was just what we would usually do, but it actually wound up making me cry. So we decided to stop impact for punishment, but it's, so our, um, our pain is for pleasure and all of that, like getting ready and relaxing and being in a good mindset with each other is really important to
2: start. Yeah. Sydney's punishments are more effective. We have found when they're like... Nose in the corner. Like, hey, you fucked this up. I need you to put your nose in the corner for the next 10 minutes.
1: What,
0: what deserves? No questions asked. Yeah. What deserves a punishment?
2: Um Or is it more so like in your fun play?
0: Or are we talking like real 24 seven punishments? Like you didn't, you know, do what we agreed. Upon? Yeah. It's like like tw- in everyday
3: life. Yeah.
2: 24 like- seven, which kind of goes back to the, like the original of what our dynamic looks like is Sydney is collared and contracted. Um, She has earned. Her caller, which is huge. I mean, we take it very seriously. Her honorifics belong only to her. I only call her baby girl. She only calls me daddy. No other person is allowed to call me daddy. huh. Um, and with that, she has a contract that has a task list of things that she needs to accomplish, whether it's clean the room, um, meal prep for me.
3: Yeah, even if he were to tell me, like, do the dishes by 3 p.m. If I didn't finish it, that would warrant a punishment. That would be like, or me talking back to him, that would be like a a punishment in the corner, so
0: stuff like that. And I think I'm wondering, um, and I maybe know the answer to this, but for people listening, I think for some, that would sound like tough or quote-unquote abusive. And so I want to help educate people about, yeah, how to consent to something like this. And For you, Sid, as a little, um, how do you speak up and consent for yourself for what you're comfortable with?
3: Um, We're always communicating, but um, off the bat, we've communicated like expectations. The contract is, is our blanket consent um, to each other pretty much. Um, But it's being in this position is, is a place that I thrive in and that's what, like that's where the, like the abuse and not abuse comes in. Like, definitely, it's something that I and I enjoy mm-hmm. in general. So
0: yeah,
3: I consented for him to, you know, be my boss. Like he's all of this is totally consensual. I feel like I thrive in this position. Mm-hmm.
2: And and if you look at where we were at nine months ago, not just in our relationship, but in our lives, like in our jobs, in our you know financial state, in. The the things that we were doing, we have really helped each other grow leaps and bounds. Like we've encouraged each other to take risks and um, been supportive when you know we needed to do what was right for our relationship and not just what was good for us as individuals in that time frame. Yeah, and it, you know the dynamic really has I I've noticed. You know, Sydney has taken such a a strong stance in her outside of the house life and, and really is a commanding and powerful woman.
3: Yeah, probably the only place I'm not like a little or submissive is at work. I'm actually the opposite, which is a new experience for me because this job is like, what, like six weeks old or something like
1: that. Wait, so you'd never had been in that kind of position of power before in your life, like in terms of other jobs you've had where you're like in charge of other people? no.
3: No, I was at a place for, like, four years, but it was a casino, and they're not, like— It's so interesting with that, like, in embracing
0: that little space that you're able to feel confident and, yeah, and do that thing outside of it.
3: Yeah, just in general, um, I'm a lot more confident being with Levi in, in like, all aspects.
1: That is too. so fucking interesting. I'm so happy for you. Like, it was really like I've said like, that's it what to you Levi want before. From a relationship when you say like this person inspires me to be my best self, right? We always yeah. think about when, that in like a very kind of specific vanilla monogamous way. And when I really I, ha- Sorry. When, yeah.
3: When Levi and I met, um, I had told him before. It was kind of like really like like, like he had like unlocked something. Like it fit really well, and and then everything just fell into place perfectly and felt. Right. Since I met him.
0: That's amazing. We're happy for you. Well, it definitely showed, like, in your performance. You guys had amazing chemistry. And um, I'm curious, Levi, like, how did you— I mean, I guess, Sid, you've had to learn about this too. Um, how do you do that stuff safely? Like, how do you do the needle play and some of the high-intensity impact play uh, with blood yeah, or with I needles? Yeah, I saw you
1: hit her with chains wrapped around your hand on her— <laughs> bleeding butt. On her um, bleeding butt, we after actually uh, hit her with vampire gloves, which are gloves with spikes on them that I've never seen anybody get hit with. Only lightly stroked. <laughs> it was a very eye
2: opening
0: experience for Simone.
2: <laughs> 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 the the first time we actually used that chain in a scene, some some guy in the crowd. We were in L. A. Some guy in the crowd was like, "Well, oh, that chain's got to be like fucking two pounds, dude." And I put it in his hands. And I mean, it's like 20, I think it's 22 pounds of chain. <laughs> what the <Yeah>. fuck? <laughs>
1: <That's>, <laughs> and uh, I, think, I thought two pounds was a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's 22 pounds. It's bigger than quarter inch. It's 22 pounds of chain. And, um, you know, the first time that we, we actually used that in a scene, I was nervous was- because it's just it's such a heavy tool and there's so much room for error mm-hmm. that really placement placement is everything in that. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I, the first time I did it perfectly. Cause I definitely bounced one off of, you know, Sid's fucking tailbone, but she, um,
3: that was some of my favorite pain, the chain pain and the chain bruises.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that bruising was, it made
3: Levi is done classes. So, like I w- I wouldn't trust everybody to like do to play with at all.
0: Yeah.
3: Levi's done like classes and stuff, so that's kind of how, how he's prepared. I wouldn't personally I wouldn't trust anybody probably to do to do anything to me besides him.
0: Yeah, and that's what so I want to like, know for people listening. And, like, um, do you have some favorite resources can, of places you've learned? Um, some um of the stuff, do stuff? connectively.
2: Uh Folsom, Kinkfest. Um uh, you know, Shane Stefanos in uh, San Francisco, I have done an edge play class through them that I had the privilege of like assisting in a little bit of role play with Stefanos. And, um, you know, I, a lot of it, I hate, like I hate this term, but I've found the more time I spend in the community, it's very true. Um, good dominance are born. They're not really created. It's the same with submissives. I feel like. yeah, yeah, and it, it really, really is. is. You can't create like you can shape kind of the activities, but there is definitely an intuitive nature on both sides that needs to be there.
3: Yeah, I was gonna mention one of that one of those things um, with the abuse thing when it comes to being submissive, because it can be really abusive if it, if it, you're just like a couple and you're like, hey, like I want you to be my submissive. I don't think that. I think it can become very abusive because you have to be in the mindset. You want to, you have to want it Mm -hmm. and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think there's a difference.
2: And there, and there are days when Sydney is mental. There's days when Sydney is mentally maxed out. Like she is human. She gets tired. She can't. There are there are times when, you know, she's not going to be able to do everything I ask. And that's where, you know, me as her dominant needs to recognize that. But me as her partner, I need to step up and say, Hey, let me help you with this. And I think that there's a lot of males out there that are in this role that do take advantage of that scenario and that Mm. situation. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's where it can really become abuse. It becomes degrading to a point where it's not degrading for fun. It's degrading to manipulate. And that's, unless that's what you've signed on for in your, you know, your contract or that's been communicated. Um, you know that that's kind of where the line needs to get drawn,
1: yeah. I think that you bring up a really interesting point about like maybe typically men or typically dominant people and how what you've what you find to be really healthy and good for your relationship is kind of stepping outside that uh, typical definition of what a man or what a dominant is. And I find that really interesting, especially like on your social media, which is thoroughly fascinating. Um, your, <laughs> your, um, kind of queerness. And I don't say it in like a, in like even like a bisexual gay way, but just your comfort. Yeah. Your comfort with yourself as like a, a man, a masculine person, a dominant, and then stepping into these other spaces. Like, th- posting a video of you, like, making out with another guy or ha- having your toenails painted pink or something like that. I think that's a very interesting—I <laughs> think it's a really interesting thing. And Was I just, that on there? How deep did you go? That was, like, a couple days ago.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Full disclosure, I don't, I don't know why Nicoletta's acting like I'm the only one who went deep. We 100% stood at a bar— me? She Nic- was like, these are the guests we're gonna have and we went we went in there. Yeah, Nicolette and I stood at a bar with actually another guest who's been on this show, Ava. And the three of us went very deep for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, we got stuck in the stalker hole and it was glorious. It was beautiful, but yeah, it was a full stalker hole. Yeah,
0: and this was, well, at, this and, was at a and, public know, bar, so <laughs> we were just, like, hiding in the corner with our margaritas, At supposed to be at trivia night, and we're like, look at this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, to, to kind of answer that a little bit, I've been very privileged in that I now work for a company that knows. Um, Your personal life? They know my personal life. They're very accepting, and it's just, it's been a wonderful experience moving into that because my previous job was not accepting. And actually, I, I was basically forced out of that job because of my interaction um, as a sex worker and in the kink community. And, uh, you know, um, very unfortunate, but also really eye opening. So I, I do try and wear myself on the internet as much as I can, as closely to the real version of me as I can, because it, it is you know, there, there is a lot of people out there that live to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I definitely, I try and talk about my mental health issues. I don't shy away from, you know, saying if I'm sad or, you know, talking about being pansexual, a lot of the best doms that I, I have ever met are very queer. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's such a stigma With some people in the culture that you need to be an alpha male and you need to be like a cis,
3: like the dude, straight
2: white male, you know, and and I, I really hate that stigma.
1: I think it's yeah, I think it's I think it's great that you've almost not taken upon yourself to be like the sole example, but I think it's it's quite powerful to show. I mean, that to show that that's not the norm and that and obviously people out there like appreciate the work you're doing as I think you're one of the only
0: guests we've had that um is open to their quote-unquote vanilla job um that doesn't work just in sex work or like sex education um that's been open about their kink and stuff like that like how were you able to do that because that's something we talk a lot about here on the podcast is just how stigmatized people are for embracing their sexualities like you said your last job so I, like kicked you out.
2: <laughs> I um I work for a brokerage here in town and um I am a broker which is a weird thing to say.
1: Like a like, but a, like I, a stock broker?
2: Um I do transportation and commodities. So I I facilitate okay, let's deals talk between about chain companies. Stuff and Yeah. So anyways, yes, in in so many terms, not stocks, but commodities. Um, And, you know, I have, I'm lucky enough to work with people that kind of have gone through their own issues in life and really understand, you know, that there's an individuality that, that needs to come with every employee that they have there. So I work with, you know, 60 people from all walks of life who have done all sorts of things. My boss and I share stories about times we've gone to jail, like, very rare that you know you get to be in a situation where, you know, I I you can be open about I it. can be open with things like that. Like I can come into work and be like, "Hey, I got into a fight last night and hurt my hand. I'm going to need a minute to go clean this up." And my boss is like laughing about it. With
1: me. why'd you get in a fight? Who's laughing about getting into fights?
2: Um, so <laughs> Sydney and I pugilist. decided to go. Are
1: you like a box, like boxing <laughs> fight?
2: Um. I, no, I, this
1: was like we were in downtown. <laughs>
2: yeah, so we went downtown last week, um, and the, this video is also on my it was on my Snapchat. media on Twitter. If it's yeah. not
1: about sex, I probably didn't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it definitely made Cindy want to have sex with me. There was uh, two general there was two gentlemen in a diner at one a.m. and they referred to somebody in that diner by a racial slur, and. Um, we went outside and they proceeded to continue to use the racial slur in front of us. And I asked them to cease. They, How did you They ask? didn't. What'd and then I said, we don't say those words here. Like, stop fucking saying it.
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> and um, one of the guys said something to Sydney in Russian that was very vulgar.
1: You speak Russian?
2: And I, I speak a little bit of Polish and it translates very similarly. Oh,
1: my God. Whoa. And
2: um, so I knocked that person out, and then I knocked the other guy that was with him out. <laughs>
0: Dang. And, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, so I don't want to say that we support violence, but it does sound like it was, you know, some. It was warranted. It guy. was definitely
2: warranted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: <laughs>
3: Otherwise, the boxing is recreational. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I,
2: I do train recreationally. Um, Sydney has taken up Muay Thai with me. I've done Muay Thai for like four years now.
0: That's awesome. And um, Sid, a, what about you? Blue. I mean, it sounds like um, you're you have a vanilla job and and you have this in your life. Like, have you received any um, I don't know stigma just for your for your openness and sexuality? Um,
3: I think, but definitely at my job, like I hide my Instagram and stuff. I don't think that I would be able to um, tell anybody about that. Yeah. Maybe certain individuals, but not specifically. Like, I would never want anybody in the company to find out my stuff. But I find that in, like, um, if I were to just talk to somebody in, a, like, a regular situation or, like, like um, outside of work, work situation. Sorry. <coughs> uh, if you're just open and confident with what you're talking about, instead of, having, like, a bad attitude towards it, people tend to be more interested in um, accepting of it. If you'd kind of just own it instead of trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, definitely at work, I can't, I can't really show any of that.
1: Are you, uh, the two of you, like, publicly, when you're just out in public regularly, Are is your dynamic apparent? Like, do you call Levi Daddy, like, in front? like at
3: Always. Yeah, it's really weird for me to call him Levi, like in this podcast. You don't have to. Yeah, you can
0: call him Dad. You call whatever you want.
3: I barely am calling Levi, but yeah. It, um, in public, it's It's to
0: call for me to call him I Levi. Mean, I
3: think he's the butcher. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, so that that goes along with our 24 seven dynamic. We do have like protocol and regular, like our regular old like Daddy is his name for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's weird when he calls me babe. Sometimes he'll accidentally call me babe, and I'm like, please yeah, don't, don't me. call, like, you, who don't call me babe. <laughs> who is Please don't call me babe. Babe.
0: <laughs> who is she? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so informative. I know Simone has another question. Yeah, I'm just curious because you up.
1: talked about social media and stuff. And what I've noticed is um, you're, you've talked about at length. Or several times on social media, the frustration at getting taken down or reported or things like that, and I'm, <laughs> I would, I'm curious about like how, yeah, how, wh- what's up with that?
2: I, uh, I've had to water down my Instagram to like a finite amount of postings just yeah, because. Yeah,
3: it not even passes anymore. Right? Yeah,
2: every like literally anything gets flagged anymore, and it's it's it is really frustrating. I've predominantly moved more to using Twitter because nothing gets flagged there but you know it, it sucks i my instagram at one point i was like at 10k followers and it was really beneficial to when we would you know make content or we would want to post that we were going to have a lifetime snapchat deal or stuff like that like it definitely helped us network yeah. and now you know I, i've had enjoy. three instagrams since because i just keep getting fucking blocked
1: by yeah. who's who's Deleting, how, like, how does that happen? Just assholes who just an Instagram. flag your stuff. And then Instagram's like, okay,
3: yeah. Insta- Instagram has an algorithm, but also it's people
1: reporting.
2: Yeah, I have a theory on the first couple of them, how they got taken down. But, you know, just sour grapes, people.
1: But that's so interesting that because having, you know, an Instagram a following like 10,000 followers is significant, especially if you're actually making money from it. Like a, like you said, like a lifetime Snapchat dealer, like having made content that you want to sell, like that has an actual impact on your livelihood.
2: Yeah. So, and that's, you know, we are, we're fortunate enough that, you know, it it didn't devastate us when we lost it because that was.
3: But it does for a lot of
2: people. Yeah. But things like that do for, you know, we have friends and, um, you know, not to get down the well here, or, you know, fall down a, a tunnel, but um, SESTA, FOSTA being passed, like.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that. You know, it, we have a live show on SiriusXM. And we've talked a lot about it there.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, Jesus, it really has just game changer as far as how sex workers have to operate. And it's so unsafe and unfortunate. And, you know, for People that are listening, please go sign that fucking petition. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! Like it, yeah, it's and five quick, seconds a out a of quick your day way to
0: get there. Go to our friend um, Susie Q's Twitter, uh, real whore next door, um, and she has a lot of information on there about how you can help and inform yourself about
1: Cesta uh, and Fosta. It's real fucked up yeah. stuff. Um, we are, yeah, yeah we're so. Do you, if if you could not have vanilla jobs and just make content and like fuck each other all the time, would you?
2: Of course. Yeah, I mean, with, <laughs> without question. I, I mean... We've got cars and mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's... If, if we could make the kind of money fucking each other that we are uh, going to be making this year in our vanilla jobs...
3: We just don't have the time or, like, the energy. <laughs> like, the extra money to just just put, we'd have to
0: put all of ourselves towards sex work. Yeah. So we now just would don't you have, like, say the, the sex work the is right? more, um, just for you or for a hobby or is it also for income? Um, both. We always, I mean,
2: yeah, money is money. I mean, we're, we definitely love planning trips. We're going to go see Fleetwood Mac in, <gasps> in, Vegas. <gasps> in Vegas. I, I bought dog his name is
4: Stevie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I bought, I bought tickets for us today. We're going to go, um, in November in Vegas and see Fleetwood Mac. Oh my god! So maybe we'll see I, you
0: there. Have a great time. Up until
2: up until before Sydney and I had met, you, sh- you hadn't traveled very much, had you? No.
3: So, but I I was doing I was camming since I was eighteen years old. I used to support myself on that with oh, cool. my first apartment. Yeah. So it's it's possible, but it's not something that we do because I mean I had a five hundred dollar apartment compared to what we've got now. We can't. We'd have to really dedicate all of ourselves and our time to sex work if we wanted to make the 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 amount of money we needed.
1: Wow. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. It's it's been a true honor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having us on, and um, you know, hopefully people will follow us and yeah, remind them with how us. they can. We're, yeah, one we're, more time,
0: tell people how they can find you and where you want people to to contact you if they want to book you. And about this lifetime
1: staff deal, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh Yeah, so let's see. Sid's Instagram is B-B-Y-P-A-W-G-69, babypog69. And I, had to my look, I Instagram looked up what
1: is... pog means because of that. <laughs> Do you know what pog means, Nicoletta? a name Is it a baby me? frog or something? A pog is a fat-ass white girl. Oh. <laughs> is that what yours is or are you like a little frog?
2: Uh, I mean, Sid, Sid's butt is... Fairly massive, so
0: <laughs> it's dope. <laughs> I I love get it, get it, girl. I'm a pog too.
2: Um, my Instagram is h three l l a s 0 zero t z hella and then uh, as mentioned previously, Sid's Twitter is Squid Baby, and that's Squid B B Y. And then my Twitter is h e l l four s 0 zero t z. But listeners, don't you and fucking
1: report them? Yeah,
2: do not. Report yeah, don't them. report us, assholes. <laughs> now I'm just gonna get fucking reported into oblivion. Um, we are gonna be at Folsom Street Fair this year, and uh, Girl, we also
3: love to talk to people who are interested and in, like want, have like have questions and stuff. So we're like we're super accessible through our social media.
2: Yeah, I, I, we literally try and bring it on ourselves to be. We try and talk to everybody. Um, we also have a goal that we like pretty much want to fuck everyone that wants to fuck us. So,
1: yeah. I'm sure people you will be able to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks all of our listeners for joining
0: us on another week of Sluts and Scholars. You can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars, and on our new uh, Vivid Radio series XM show on Channel 415. And you can always send us your questions and wonderings at slutsandscholars at gmail. Thank you.